Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm yours, Russell Jadri, and can't wait to jump into this podcast episode. In episode number 104, we have a special guest, Kate Berg. So in this episode, we discuss with the Kate her story of starting a new business during the COVID lockdown. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on our podcast, and let's dive in. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast episode. Really appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. What about you? Yeah, absolutely grateful and yeah, having a wonderful day ahead. So, awesome. yeah, I really appreciate you joining me in this podcast episode. Um it's going to be a fun one because where you're going to share about how you built your business and how in being able to turn things around, lots of ups and downs you had. So, before we jump into that, I'd love to know more about you. Uh how you go into the business what made you actually starting a business and being an entrepreneurship sure i can share a little bit about myself uh, my name is kada as we discussed i am originally from dayton ohio um a little town in the us in the midwest mm-hmm. and i went through the traditional path of going to college um i studied kind of unconventional things there i studied portuguese and religion um right. but then college I decided to go into corporate America and so I went to work for the giant uh, food company Kraft Heinz where I did everything from analytics to actually sales and so um, I did that for a few years until a manager offered me a role um, in Miami, Florida to work for Carnival Cruise Line um, and so I took the risk moved there because I'm all about learning and uh, people that we learn from and yeah. i i so i moved to miami worked for carnival for a few years doing strategy work and then um actually taking over two of our business units and growing those which was really exciting and i did that until um i got my mba at harvard mm-hmm. and so it was while i was at harvard that i actually had this idea for my startup aspen apothecary um and during covid i got the chance to start working on it with my sister um and that kind of brought me to where i am today Yeah, that's that's great. And uh, like how, how did you come up with the idea of starting a business? Like is it your idea or your sister idea? Uh I'm guessing like yeah. about to be a partners, right? Yeah, so I'm the one who works full time on the business now. My sister um has been on as an advisor, which is really exciting, so I still get to chat with her. Um yeah. the idea was something that I'd come up with and started getting the idea from talking with my sister and from um hearing my mom's stories. my we are a, a fragrance brand so we create non-toxic fragrances and right. the idea was kind of a mixture of things so my mom would always tell us this story of um visiting Tunisia for the first time and smelling midnight blooming jasmine yeah. and that story the power of kind of the scent that struck me because it happened you know more than 30 years ago mm-hmm. but that feeling for her was still so visceral and so i love the idea that through scent she could share the story with me and i could almost be put in that place with her where she was um so that coupled with my sister really looking for non-toxic options um, right. within fragrance and feeling like there weren't a lot and feeling like there weren't a lot of brands by people of color let yeah. us to say instead of you know waiting for somebody to make this change why don't we just do something about it and so that's kind of how we came to be Yeah, that's great. Like you guys solved the problem and trying to solve the problem, right? And that's like a pure entrepreneurship, like looking for all, all kind of missing puzzles and put together and start creating something. So tell us a little bit about like uh, 
when you had the idea, how do you actually went and executing it? Because it's not easy to start starting a, like a perfume business uh, from ground up. Yeah, I think it's not easy to start any business probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we basically started by doing a lot of research. So um, through school, I had the access to a lot of library catalogs and a lot of publications. So it looked like us um, trying to understand how the industry actually looked who were the big players in the industry? How does thing, you know, how does stuff work? Um, how is fragrance actually made? Um, and it also looked like doing a lot of LinkedIn um, cold outreach to people that I saw were within the industry to right. ask if anyone had, you know, half an hour to chat with me about what they do, how it works, so that we could start to map out and understand just some of the key processes. I think it's all always really important to understand how things work in the industry where you're going, even if you want to change that, that's totally fine, but you need to know yeah. how it works to start out with. So that's what we did. And then um, we also um, applied for a few programs, which were really helpful. I applied for an accelerator for my school. And so that gave us uh, a grant um, to start working on the business. And then we got invited to do this incubator that we had applied for that was focused on beauty. So we got a lot of contacts through there. Um, so that's mm -hmm. kind of how we got started. And, and then we started to put together a business plan for saying, Hey, this is how we think it could work. Obviously, we have no clue if this will be yeah. how it works out, but this is how we think our idea could come to life. So that was our very, you know, inklings of the beginning. A lot of research, a lot of reading, and a lot of um, reaching out to people to speak with them. Yeah, it's just love hard works, right? Isn't it? So basically, uh, how, how long has it has been like since you start creating or like uh, from starting a business? Yeah. I guess we started working on it um, during maybe May of 2020. Okay. Um, so now it's been a little while, but we spent a long time in that research and understanding phase um, mm -hmm. before we actually, you know, went ahead with the business idea. And then um, what we did is we were able to, through being super scrappy and um, getting those grants, we were able to manufacture a run of one fragrance, our fragrance called Moon Dust. Um, mm -hmm. And so we ordered a small quantity of that fragrance and set up a website and an Instagram and just said, hey, we think we have something interesting and a story that people will resonate with. Let's see if there's something there. And so we did that and we were able to sell through that um, organically, which is great. So without doing any yeah. ads and got some great wholesale partners through that as well and some great press. And so although we've been um, pretty young, we've had a pretty fast journey so far to where we are now. And, and you guys purely sell online, right? Through your website. We sell online through our website. And then we have some um, retail presence as well where retailers ask us, you know, if they can carry mm -hmm. our fragrance. And yeah. so we had a few of those where people, you know, normally we would be selling to those retailers, but actually because those retailers had heard about us and read about us in some of the magazines that we were in, they reached out to us saying, hey, we have a pop-up or hey, we have a spa. Um, would you be open to us purchasing some of your products and carrying it there? So we did a few of those, but we had limited inventory, so we didn't do too much of that to start out with. Yeah. So so in terms of like a starting a business and putting it off the ground, like obviously you guys had like the ups and downs so would you like to share a few ups and downs you guys had in terms of like a building a business but every startup business have to go through a certain moment where you feel like you're quitting you feel like you're burned out feel like nothing is going your way right yeah definitely i think um i think entrepreneurship is really difficult so anyone who tells you it's a walk in the park i think <laughs> they're, they're yeah. not telling you the whole truth i think for me at least the difference is that um 
the the good days are so much better. They're so much more exciting because I'm getting to work on something that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what makes all the difference. But we've definitely had a lot of down moments and it's a tough thing to do, right? We we are a small company by all means and we're trying to compete in a $47 billion category. Um, So there's a lot of money there and there are a lot of incumbents who have been there for, you know, hundreds of years, some of these brands actually. Um, They have funding, they have money, they have the know-how, they have the legal support, all of that stuff. So sometimes it can feel like you're, you know, just running uphill with a weight tied to (laughs) you. Um, And also then there is a fact that I work with my sister and, um, that working with family can be tough. And so making sure that we were respectful with each other when we had disagreements yeah. about how to move forward, that was super important and something that we had to learn how to treat each other, not just as friends and sisters, but also as coworkers. Um, I think that was a super important learning that I'm taking with me in terms of how I treat others and how um, I demonstrate respect yeah. to others as well. So I think we've definitely had some struggles. Um, one of them is fundraising. As, as um, you can see, or maybe if you're listening, I'm a black woman. And so um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but the, the statistics for black women and people of color being able to raise any fundraising is pretty abysmal, right? We mm. get a sliver of the pie, not even in the double digits. I think for black women, it's 2.3%, maybe actually, I think for black entrepreneurs, it might be 2.3. So something very wow. low out of all of the venture dollars. And so it was a very, we decided to raise money for our startup and it was really hard to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm really fortunate that some of those lows and some of those no's led to me becoming even more resilient um, mm. and leveraging, you know, that scrappiness that I think I've built over the years to say, okay, well, this is a no, but maybe this next no, I can turn into a yes. And so we were able to do that with some people and um, some of our investors started as, I'm not sure, and ended up as a yes. And so mm-hmm. I think some of that made me feel really excited because when you can turn that low into a high, that that's like the best feeling um, yeah. overall, I think. Yeah, so amazing journey like you guys having so far, like obviously still a startup phase, like uh, two years old, like a business. So in terms of like managing and you going to like a new business, you you all, all over the place, like you have to do like a managing team, you're CEO, you're the founder, you are doing accounts, you're doing manufacturing, everything. So how do you actually balance out like who does the what actually like in, in between you two sisters or like a team members, how you delegate? Uh, kind of work and how you're managing each other's yeah so my sister works only I would say as an advisor on the business so basically she's available for calls when I need it somebody to talk mm-hmm. to somebody to think through our creative strategy with but she doesn't work on the day-to-day business anymore so right. it's really just me managing all the day-to-day business aspects um, right now and I partner with a manufacturer and a perfumer. So we have our fragrances produced in a lab to make sure that they're you know, FDA compliant and safe for everyone, which I think is important. Um, but to your point, I, I wear a lot of hats and sometimes it feels like too many hats. So I try yeah. to always prioritize whatever needs to get done. I found that um, there are always so many things that, that could happen and could get done. But at sure. the end of the day, there are probably only a few top things that really have to happen. So making sure that I get those done um, is what I've tried to focus on. And then now I'm really excited that since um, we fundraised, I get to bring on some people to work mm. part-time with us um, so that I can take off some of that stress off myself and so I can start to think more strategically about the yeah. business. Um, something else that has worked really well is finding other support. So I have some mentors that I rely on um, for kind of thought leadership and I have some really great advisors as well, one of whom I talk to weekly um, to kind of 
get advice and thoughts on the plans that I'm working through. And so I think making sure that you have a community of other resources that you can go to has been super, um, super helpful. And you can find resources all over, you know, whether it's yeah. pro bono legal support or um, whether you just want to use QuickBooks and you decide that's a cost that you need to incur. That's what we do. Um, I think it's important to see where you can save money, but also maybe where you need to save yourself some, some time and, and give yourself a mental rest. And so that's what I'm trying to balance. I don't know if I found the, the perfect <laughs> balance yet, but I'm continuously working on it. Yeah, amazing. So obviously you had to go through like a lot of no's and everything in terms of like finding investors and obviously selling your products like a manufacturer, et cetera. How did you actually stay motivated in terms of like moving forward and keep going for like a new investor and you pitching to uh, new investors and et cetera? What actually kept you going in terms of all the no's? Yeah, wow, that's a deep question. Um, I think what kept me going is this, this knowledge and this hope that mm -hmm. what we're building is really important and it's worth it. And so on the bad days, when you just feel like you got feedback that was not even fair and not even kind. Um, yeah. I think thinking about why I'm doing this has kept me going and also having a support network of people who know that I'm working really hard on mm -hmm. something that I might not see the fruits of my labor right yet, but you know, hopefully in the future we'll see it. I think that's really important so that I have people there for me who can ask me if I had a bad day or where I can ask to get coffee if I just need to take my mind off of something. And then the other piece that's been really important is also having a mindset shift I think right. at first I took a lot of feedback really personally because when it's your own company, it feels like everything is about you. But sometimes it's just about the investor and the opportunity and where they are in their lives too. Um, and so what I've started to try to do is not take things as personally and just say they're not saying no to me. They're not saying I'm a bad person, that I'm not good enough. They're just saying no for right now yeah. and being okay with that and moving on from that. And so I think that's also been, that, that was really hard for me to get to that place. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, when you want to do well, you think everything is a personal affront, but, but separating yourself a bit from that, I think, can be really helpful so that you can have the courage to keep on going to your point. Yeah, like uh, every day we get disappointed, right, as a business owner, could be investor, could be clients, <laughs> Be, uh, the partnership you need to go through or like a probably get disappointed by your team members the expectation you had and they didn't meet the expectation and so many things like out of control sometimes you get lawsuits sometimes other things unexpected bills come from nowhere and we have to go through um, all difficulties day to day so in terms of like managing your day to day like how did you avoid burning out yourself and like staying on your vision and keep your mind on the right path yeah, I think it's been changing as I've gone. I think when I started, I didn't do a good job of that. And I worked so mm -hmm. much. Um, when I first started working on the business, I was doing that. But then I also had a full-time internship in management consulting. And I had a part-time venture capital internship because, wow. um, you know, where I came from, it was basically yeah. like take advantage of all the opportunities you can get. And so that's what I was doing. And it was too <laughs> much. I wasn't sleeping and it was it was horrible. I learned a lot, but it was definitely yeah. overwhelming. And so... Um, but, you know, especially with the business, I loved it so much that I didn't want to. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that um, sometimes I was getting really worn out. And so some 
you know, advisors and mentors that I spoke with, what they reminded me of constantly is that you can't build a business if there's nothing left of you to like mm -hmm. give to the business. And so that meant me trying to make sure that I um, have a bit of time day to day to do some exercise or I take a bit of time to go get a coffee. Since I work from home, I'm in my apartment all the time, 24 seven. And so I just need to step outside. And so I force myself to you know, go outside for that coffee or a walk. And I think that's been really important to keeping me sane on the, the day to day. And then the last part is, I think you have to find what works for you. I, I have tried so many different things over this short time mm. from working all the time to trying to be really clear about my start and my finish of the day and not working on the weekends, but what I realized for me um, is that my mind is always on the business, yeah. no matter what, it's just, I can't help it. And so um, I try to be flexible with when I'm working because I know that I'm going to end up working on the weekend. So if I need an hour pause in the day, I take right. that hour pause in that weekday, knowing that my mind is still on the business and I'm going to get what I need to get done. And so that's what I'm doing right now. We'll see. We can check in in a little <laughs> and see if that still works. But for yeah. me right now, that's the, the balance that I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's great. So obviously you mentioned like you've been juggling through like a, two or three different opportunities in the same time and felt like you're burning out. You couldn't take anymore. So like, do you recommend to everyone like focusing on a one thing at a time and giving a best shot or like, do you think like a, having a two, three opportunity on the side just in case? Yeah, I think it's up to you. But for me, um, I found it wasn't worth it. Those opportunities mm. I felt like I needed to do because I'd done a lot of work to get into Harvard. And I felt like when I was presented those opportunities after all this interviewing and, and studying and whatnot, it felt like I really needed to take them. Um, I don't come from a lot. My parents were really well educated, but finances were in and out um, as I grew up. And so I felt like whatever opportunity I had, I just needed to do it. Yeah. Um, and I recognize that everyone who's doing entrepreneurship starts at a different place. So some people might be really financially set and so they can take their time and only focus on entrepreneurship, but other people might need to keep on doing a job that pays the bills until their entrepreneurship starts paying the bills. And so I think whatever works for you is what you have to do. And you shouldn't let anyone shame you for not working full-time on your entrepreneurial pursuit because they might not understand your circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, if you're in a position where you can pause and give it your all, I think that's definitely the way to go because um, once you're immersed in the world of it, like it, it's an amazing thing. And so that's what I would say. Yeah, that's, that's great advice, to be honest. And I, I do the same time, like, uh, when I started my early stage career, like doing two or three things at the same time, and nothing is going ahead because my all of them focus and energy spread out for like three different things. And when mm -hmm. I actually focus on a one thing and laser focus on it, like starting to grow and see the results. And within less than five years, my company started to do like seven figures a year. So when I was like juggling through everything, like a few hundred pounds there, a few hundred dollars over there, and that didn't actually give the great return on investment. I think is uh, having a focus and doing something for three years to five years, give it a best shot and see how that turns out. And after that, you can spread out like if you want to multi-passionate or someone. So yeah, and that's, that's great. So in terms of right now where your business are, uh, what's your vision is for taking the business to next level? Yeah, the next level. So I fundraised some money. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to fundraise a little bit more even. Um, and the vision is to officially launch the brand. So we kind of 
did this thing where we put the brand up and we didn't tell a lot of people about it and right. all the press we got was just kind of word of mouth and organic press um, that we yeah. got in like Cosmo and InStyle and, and some of those publications. But we're going to actually launch the brand um, late October. And so that's what's coming next. We have um, three fragrances that we're coming out with. So we'll have a set of three, which I'm really excited about mm -hmm. some updated visuals and everything. So that's kind of like the short, short term of what's next. And my grand vision um, is that in five to 10 years, we can really be known as like the fragrance centric self-care brand. You know, we want to start with perfumes, but go into candles and room diffusers and more because right. I think there's a world out there of scents yeah. that people can enjoy. They just, you know, don't know to, to look into it. And so we want to bring that to people and we want to stay focused on this idea that our fragrances are to celebrate you as you are and that they don't need to change you um, because you're awesome as you are. And so I think if we can keep that message really strong and keep on growing, that would be like a lot of success for us in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's great. And I wish you best of luck with that, like your vision and your goal. So we are coming to end of this podcast, Kata. So it will be great. Let us audience know, like, what's the best place to find you, reach out to you if anyone wants to invest in your company or like to go check out your website or get your perfumes? Yeah, so our website is aspen-apothecary.com. So aspen like the tree dash apothecary.com on Instagram. We're there and we'll answer your DMs. We're at aspen.apothecary. Um, and if you want to email me, you can find a place to do that on our website. I welcome emails and thoughts and feedback and all of that. Um, and yeah, that would be great if you'd interact with us there and tell us what you're thinking, share some of your favorite fragrances with us. We always love to learn um, what people are wearing, how they like to smell, what they like to smell. And that would be awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And yeah, I really appreciate your time today and joining in this podcast and sharing your journey. So I wish you best of luck with your new company and in your future as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a really fun time. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. So yeah, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Uh, you know how to find Kata. Go visit our website and also reach out to on our social media platform, uh, especially on Instagram. And yeah, till then, stay safe, stay healthy. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care.